From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. As a guy who creates business media, like this podcast you're listening to, like Entrepreneur Magazine, like many other things I do, you know, I I don't actually spend that much time thinking about business media, the world that I'm in, the, the thing that you are consuming, but maybe I should. I'm really concerned about what's happening in business journalism because I felt like a lot of small businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of consumers were not getting the business and economics news they needed to make important decisions. I am so curious if that's how you feel too. And my guest today makes a pretty compelling case for it and also offers ways in which you can be more informed than perhaps you already are based on, you know, some great podcasts you're listening to, one in particular that I'm thinking about and, you know, a great magazine, but it goes beyond that, he says. And that's really important. It's something we should talk about. So anyway, here's who I am talking to. My name is Chris Roush. I am the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. Now, I've known Chris in an internet way for a very long time because he also runs this site called Talking Biz News, which reports on the business news media. And in fact, was, I think, maybe the first place to report that I got the job as editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine many years ago. But the reason I'm talking to him now is because of this interesting book that he just wrote. I am the author of The Future of Business Journalism, Why It Matters for Wall Street and Main Street. Now, as a guy who works in media, I can tell you, and perhaps this will not surprise you, oh, the industry is not very healthy. (laughs) There's news of layoffs all the time. There are publications shrinking or collapsing. There is just simply less money and fewer people to do more ambitious work, which means lazier work. And the business media has like every other kind of media, been chasing these, I think, kind of increasingly terrible and dead-end business models of just pumping out crap onto the internet and uh, just you know chasing clicks and so on. And I, I should be very, very clear, I, I, I'm not speaking specifically about entrepreneur media. I'm just talking about the media industry in general. But anyway, Chris does this uh, really interesting work where he is drawing a very direct and researched line between the decline of available information and how it impacts entrepreneurs like you. And that's important. That's something we should talk about because he also offers great solutions. It turns out that, look, it's not like the collapse, maybe that's too strong, the the, the decline, the shrinking of traditional media means that people can't get access to information. It's just that the information has shifted and you have to be a little smarter and more proactive about getting it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're getting a little meta here on Problem Solvers today because we're talking about solving the problem for yourself of getting good information on a podcast that I hope is a provider of good information for you, but not exactly the thing that Chris is focused on because he's talking about something that's really specific and really useful if you are running a business in any community, in any industry. So after the break, we're going to get into that. Think about a bicycle. It takes balance to get where you want to go. 
Now think about business. Whatever your business or organization, you ride the line between numbers and people. Just like the bike, it takes balance. C-L-A. CPAs, consultants, and wealth advisors. That's C-L-A. We'll get you there. Clifton Larson Allen LLP. Investment advisory services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. All right, we're back talking with Chris Rausch, author of the new book, The Future of Business Journalism, Why It Matters for Wall Street and Main Street. And when we kicked off, I said, well, Chris, let's define who we're talking about here. Hopefully we're not talking about me doing a crappy job, but you know, hey, if I'm doing a crappy job, we should talk about that. But what specifically is he focused on where there is a failure of information being delivered to the people who need it the most? To me, Jason, there there are kind of two levels to this. The big CEO of a Fortune 500 company or a big investor who can spend thousands of dollars on business news and information can get what they need. They can subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. They can get a Bloomberg terminal on their desk, which it costs you know two thousand dollars a month. So they they are getting the business news and information that they need. But the smaller businesses in the United States, and there are thirty million small businesses in, in the United States, they've kind of been left by the wayside. And what's happened is is that most media, daily newspapers, local radio stations, whoever, have kind of given up on business news over the last 15 years or so. And so a business owner who may have gone to their daily newspaper 20 years ago to get important information like where is my competitor opening up a new store, they no longer have a news outlet to get that local coverage that they need to help them operate on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, Entrepreneur Magazine does a great job of giving them like the trends and issues happening with small businesses and entrepreneurs, but the real local coverage about what's happening in their local economies that affects them on a day-to-day basis, that kind of news has has disappeared and that's what's hurting us. Oh, that's interesting. So you see this as a local news problem, not for example, as I was thinking you were going to say, as a problem of, you know, when you strip away resources from a news organization, what you end up with is more pumping out of information, but less analysis and less reporting so that it's not exactly clear whether or not this information is true. But you're looking at it from a, from a hyper-local perspective? I'm looking at it from the perspective of local business or local news organizations are no longer providing the news and information that a small business, an entrepreneurial business, even, even up to a $100 million in revenue business needs to operate in their their local towns and cities. Do you think that social media and the great ability now that we all have to communicate with each other for any random person to broadcast information to the world, does that fill in any of those knowledge gaps? Obviously, that can't provide valuable contextual information. But if you're talking about Things like, what is my competitor doing? What is the state of a local economy? 
you can get some of that stuff by following the right people and just kind of being updated about what's happening in your community, right? You can to a certain degree, but what you're missing out on is the fact that a business journalist can filter and analyze and provide the nuance of what that means that maybe you're not getting by following your competitor's Twitter feed. And and maybe your competitor doesn't even have a Twitter feed, you know, and, and maybe your competitor is not posting on their Twitter until their new store opens. Whereas local business news used to be able to tell that small business when your local competitor actually bought the real estate, they were going to put a new location on nine months down the road. So by the time you may see it on Twitter, it's too late for you to actually do anything uh, except be reactive. I see. So let's talk about some solutions here. For the average entrepreneur, they cannot change the nature of the business news industry, right? They're going to have to deal with their own side of this equation, which is how do they find the information that's going to be most valuable to them that reproduces what they used to be able to get when there was a robust local news economy. So what's your suggestion there? Well, I mean, there's there are several suggestions here or several answers here. I interviewed a small business owner for the book, and she is a former business journalist, unfortunately, but she's she's left the field and, and gone into business with her husband. And what she has started to do is she has actually started to subscribe to government email listservs, uh, like her local uh, governments where they have locations. What does that mean? Like a government, like, like, what like, kind a, of- like a local county zoning and planning office. I see. Or like the the county commission email listserv when they send out their their schedule of what they're going to be talking about that week on their agenda. I see. And what she does is she goes through the agenda of the zoning and planning meeting or the local county commission meeting and looks to see if there's anything in there that might affect her small business. That's a smart solution. Yeah. So there's things like that. She has subscribed to her local business journal and the local business journals, if you have a local business journal in your town or your city, they do cater to smaller businesses and entrepreneurs and are, are trying their best to provide content to these small businesses. Now, they tend to be overly focused on real estate coverage and some other areas of coverage, but they are doing yeoman's work, in my opinion, in, in trying to provide uh, some some coverage that's important to these types of businesses. And that actually reminds me of something else that I think is often overlooked in all sorts of ways, which is the value of B2B publications. Exactly. People think of Entrepreneur as a magazine for business people, but Entrepreneur is produced and treated as a consumer-focused product. So I'm really thinking about whenever I'm producing Entrepreneur, what is something that I can put in here that's going to be applicable to the broadest possible audience and, for that matter, be written in a way in which it's going to be as welcoming and accessible to the broadest possible audience. So I'm not getting into nitty, nitty, gritty stuff here because I'm functionally a consumer publication, even though people think of Entrepreneur as a business publication. But there are all these wonderful actual B2B publications out there that target hyper specifically whatever interest uh, you have, whatever industry you're in. And there's a lot of value there. People often forget it. And, and, I'll, and I'll say, Chris, also, while I'm just ranting and rambling here about the value of B2B publications, is that for those publications, sometimes no story is too small. 
right? They'll, they'll, they'll get into the real weeds on something that could be really useful to you as a business. And then also, if you are looking for press, sometimes targeting, if you're a company looking for press, sometimes targeting the consumer-focused publications, yes, fine, it has more recognition and there's street value to it, but uh, it's also harder to get attention, whereas fewer people are pitching these B2B publications. And oftentimes, if you have something really valuable for people within your industry, it's a great place to go. People often just overlook these. So anyway, there's a little uh, plug there. But but what, what, what do you think about that? What do you think about the, the health and economy of the B2B landscape? You know, frankly, B2B publications are, are also doing great work. They're the publications that can provide the industry trends and insights that can be very valuable to a, to a small entrepreneurial business or even a, a larger business. In the book, I interviewed the CEO of Ted's Montana Grill, which is a $100 million revenue business. And they've got locations all over the country. And what he was saying was, yeah, I can get restaurant industry news from B2B publications. What I can't get and what I really want, and he's based in Atlanta, is what's happening in the Atlanta economy and why is it so difficult for me to hire people to work in my restaurants in Atlanta? So B2B restaurants or B2B publications, yes, doing a great job. They cover industries in and out and really provide great service to these companies. But again, it gets back to the fact that these companies want and need local news and information as well. So those are some good starting points for solutions. And we're going to take a quick break, come back with some more of them. It can be something B2 brilliant, B2 bold, a B2 breakthrough force that helps you B2 beat expectations. How? with the platform B2B marketers have been waiting for. A platform with tools you need to build B2Better relationships, to drive results that B2 bash KPIs while B2 boosting ROI, and to B2 boldly go where no marketers have gone before, all in a trusted environment that respects your business. So prep your marketing to B2 blast off and tell those built for B2C sites that you'll BRB because LinkedIn is where B2B is everything it can be. Get started with LinkedIn ads and get $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash advertise to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash advertise. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back. Let's just jump back into the conversation. Okay, so those are two really smart ways to fill in the gap. Number one, go look at what your local government is actually reviewing and talking about because there's the raw information. If you want to find what a local reporter where they were pulling their information from and putting it into a local newspaper back when those were more robust. And I was one of them because I've worked at a couple of local newspapers. That was it. It was the Zoning Board of Appeals meetings and all kinds of stuff there. So there's there's nothing that stops the average person from finding that information. It's all public. And then number two, you're saying go to the B2B publications. Really smart. Have you seen other solutions that people out there have to improve their media diet, so to speak? You know, what I'm seeing is an increase in newsletters specific mm-hmm. to geographic areas or specific to industries. There's a company out there called Industry Dive that's based in Washington, and they're now producing two dozen regular newsletters that are targeting specific industries. And, and that's a great B2B news organization that's providing great information for small and entrepreneurial businesses. But I'm also seeing that this happening in geographic areas, like in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's now a newsletter there that is is kind of replaced the Charlotte Observer, which used to provide the business news. It's called the Charlotte Ledger. And this is basically a free newsletter 
that if you're interested in business news around Charlotte, North Carolina, they seem to be doing a pretty good job. I concur with all that. I've seen a lot of innovation in that newsletter space where uh, compared to these legacy publications that had to carry all the costs of printing and distribution. Now, if it all goes out on an email, they can hit you with information on a regular basis. Whenever something new is happening, uh, the overhead is really low so they can focus their resources, which yes, are smaller than they were when they were these papers, but they can focus really all those resources on delivering value and, and editorial. Yeah. And I think that they are really tuned into what's going on in their markets, whether it's an industry or whether it's a geographic location. They've kind of replaced, frankly, what a daily newspaper used to provide or, or what a local radio business news show used to provide. You know, Chris, as I'm talking, I'm as we're talking, I'm thinking an interesting situation here is that we started out by talking about the thing that has been lost, which indeed has been lost, which is robust local news coverage. But there are a lot of really wonderful old and new sources of information, right? Government meetings are about as old as time and B2B publications have been around for a very long time. And then these newsletters are newer. The problem, I suppose, is discoverability. It may not be obvious to the average person how to find those newsletters, what B2B publication is out there that's relevant to them, or for that matter, how to actually find the agenda for the next Zoning Board of Appeals meetings, because of course, anybody who has ever tried to navigate a government website knows that it is a piece (laughs) of garbage. So what recommendation do you have for how people can figure out where to find the information that's relevant to them? For all of its faults, the internet can be a wonderful tool and internet search engine can can be great access. I had a business reporter in Connecticut text me last week and said, I'm looking for real estate records, real estate transactions in and around Hartford. And I was able to direct her to a website where she could easily search those. So it's it's not that hard to, if you just go to Google or whatever search engine you prefer to search what you're looking for, to put in what you're looking for and get some search results and and kind of browse around. It's not that difficult to find the news and information that you need. It just is not being neatly packaged in a daily newspaper or radio show anymore. Chris, I'm curious if you've spoken to other entrepreneurs who have come up with interesting solutions or maybe have some other insights about how to improve the information that they're getting and put that to the best use. Jason, I think one of the interesting things that is happening is there have actually been some some entrepreneurs, some business people who have basically said, I know the business news I need. I've got to believe that there are other business news that there are other businesses and entrepreneurs out there who need the same information, who are actually starting news organizations and who are sharing information by email with their own sources and contacts. I know this is happening in Chicago, where a local entrepreneur has basically started a website that's basically covering the news about other entrepreneurs and how they've succeeded, what their struggles were, how they overcame those struggles, things like that real valuable information. Yeah, that's true. It is a business opportunity here. I think a lot of people are scared, I should say rightfully so scared, of getting into the media business because it is so fragmented. It is difficult to monetize. You watch the every day for the last 10 years, I feel like some publication has announced that it is closing. But I think a lot of those just had old business models that didn't make any sense anymore and had lost their way in what they were serving. And I'm a big believer, I have to tell you personally, in niche media. I think that 
if you are a small operation where people feel a connection, not just to the brand that you've built, but maybe even to you, the founder, the writer, the personality, the whoever, and you build a small operation up that is hyper-focused on the needs of a particular audience, boy, they're probably underserved and they're going to be happy to support you in some way. And, you know, I mean, Chris, you said at the very beginning, yes, it's true that not everyone can afford a Bloomberg terminal, which is a wealth of information, but that thing is super expensive. The average newsletter that focuses on your industry or your community might just cost five bucks a month. And that's that's a lot more reasonable. So the average person can gain access to it. And if you're on the other side of that producing it, it doesn't actually take that many subscribers at five bucks a month before you've got some real revenue. So long as you know, you're not trying to support a fancy downtown office. The barrier to entry in the media world is so low now in terms of creating a website and going on MailChimp and creating a newsletter that you can send out. You no longer need a printing press and to buy paper to produce uh, this publication, or you no, you no longer need a license to, to run a radio station or a TV station. If you have access to the internet, you can pretty much create a, a media company for a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, right, right. For almost nothing. And yeah. you, you mentioned MailChimp. I'm just going to say for folks who might be thinking about this. So you said MailChimp, MailChimp, a great solution, though very built around marketers and conversions for sales. For just straight up media products, somebody might want to look at Substack, for example, because it's a, it's just a lot simpler and it has a, a feature built into it where you can uh, paywall and, and sell subscriptions. So two totally different options. They're both great for their own individual uses. Yeah. So Chris, for somebody who's listening to this, you've given them a lot to think about in terms of how to how to rebuild their own media diet and maybe even become a media entrepreneur themselves should they want to. What, what do you think is, for, for someone who's been listening and thinking, you know, maybe I'm not getting all the information that I, uh, that I need. What do you think is just like a really good first step for somebody the second that they stop listening to this podcast? I mean, you know, yes, they could go on to Google and just start Googling around, but have you heard people tell you about, you know, I don't know, kind of beginning steps of, of how they figured out what to do, where to go, what information they need? Well, I think the first step is figuring out what you really want and what you really need. Do you want real estate records or do you want to know what the unemployment rate is in your local town or your city? Do you want to know consumer confidence levels in your local town or your city? And then once you figure out what you want and what you need for your business to help make decisions then I think you you can start to go search and see what's available out there. Is my local business journal providing that? Or am I having to am I going to have to go to a county government website or a government website that's got this economic data to, to figure out? You know, the the thing that I would warn against is not really knowing or understanding what you really need to make those important decisions. Because if you're just going to go to Google and start searching, you're going to go down a rabbit hole and you're going to lose valuable time that you could be spent running your business. Figure out first what you really need and want in terms of business and economics news. And once you figure that out, I think it's it can be a whole lot easier. Well, Chris, really great advice. Thanks so much for for sharing it with us and writing the book so that everyone can be helped. Thank you, Jason. I really appreciate it. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. 
Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.